0: What is the most common thing in superhero media? I mean, besides very tight spandex, massive titties and dong, and very high levels of violence that are totally okay because it's in the name of justice? Not killing your enemies. I mean, sure, you can traumatize them, give them brain injuries, ruin their lives with a prison and pile of medical debt, but you can't fucking kill them, you uncivilized monster, with absolutely no exceptions. Ever. For any reason. But why is that? And why is the discussion around this so hostile and also just... God, so cringy? This and more on this episode of Why Aren't You Talking About This? Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Way Tad Nerd. My name is William, and I will be your guide to the world of superheroes today. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not actually going to make a joke about that one, uh, especially about me actually being a murderer, because I'd rather not just have that audio file out in the world. Uh, but before we continue, I want to thank you for listening to the show. It means the world to me. Uh, Even if you're only here because you're really, really trying to win an argument on the internet and don't give a singular fuck about me or the show. Uh, Stick around and listen to other episodes, though. There is a lot more arguments to be won. Fucking pervert. Uh, That being said, I don't really have anything to say or add at the beginning of the show. Just, uh... Damn, am I starting to get some decent traction. I mean, it makes me super proud of myself, and honestly, it's an amazing feeling that some of you either have been listening for a while or have been finding my show more. Um, also, I'm planning on doing some stuff after episode 40, maybe like a Patreon or like a new show if I could get some people on board with that. I I don't know. That, that's still like very early in my uh, mental drafts. So yeah, I mean, keep an eye out for that kind of stuff and more like idea updates in the future. But on to the show. Oh. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about the no kill rule, a true comic book staple. Uh, I mean, this rule is fairly self explanatory too, but we're still going to go into a little definition quick time event like we usually do. Oh, you didn't know that was a QTE? Well, it was, and if you aren't pressing the buttons that appear on your screen, you'll get the bad end of the episode. Alright, are you ready? Okay. So the rule is that heroes rarely if ever, kill, and it's a big deal, and it's very important when they do. And this is usually core to the genre of superhero media, particularly in serialized series like comic books. Alright, did you pass the QTE? Good, you've unlocked the good slash bad ending. But what's the reason for this existing? Well, let's first talk about the meta reasons, because these are really core as to why. I mean, sure, you could make the argument of, like, artistic integrity, of, you know, like, sometimes you just don't want a character to kill, but historically, the real reason has always been the meta reasons. Um, There's no, like, artistic vision as to why superheroes don't kill. Uh, So, firstly, is the Comics Code Authority, and its reverberations across time and media. Uh, Because, due to the code, You can't just have people who are supposed to be the good guys just killing motherfuckers. Especially when children are reading the comic. And because of this, most creators follow the tradition because it's just kind of become part of the genre itself. And it was just like the comics that they grew up with. So it's also kind of comfortable and nostalgic to have, you know, superheroes not kill people. Uh, Secondly, it's because of the production schedule and logistics of making comics. Because editorially, it's a pretty bad idea to end every comic by removing the villain's fine through their asshole the hard way. Comics have a pretty tight turnaround on their deadlines, as do most serialized stories, especially for weekly ones, meaning that you have to do a few things. Firstly, build and establish the status quo, have an easy cast of characters to pull from, and keep the budget as low as possible, because since the beginning of comic books, the budgets have Always been tight, and it's hard to do any of those things when you've just waffle-stomp characters in the face because there's no consistent roster, a weak status quo, and you also can't really just retrace things or account accurately for the cost of penciling, inking, and printing with constantly changing and different uniforms and characters. So yeah, you know, hey fucko, maybe let's keep these villains around for a while and milk them for all they're worth. In the kinky way, obviously. Okay, and third is the creative side. On two levels. So, firstly, if you really love a particular character, why would you kill them? That is an exceptionally bad idea, because now you're doing something that hurts you, and might hurt your enjoyment of creating an art. might also hurt your audience's enjoyment of the art. And the other is the possibility of running out of ideas. Because you only have so many possible characters trapped in your noodle. So if you already got so if you've already created every villain you could imagine, including Plastic Spoon Man and Jism Genie, and then you kill them off in the first issue, well now your characters have nothing to fight and a huge boner for murder. And that combination is a really bad thing. Just ask Big E about what happened to the Thunder Warriors. Don't do that, you'll die. So with all those stupid, pesky meta reasons out of the way, let's get to the real reasons. The quote-unquote real reasons. The lore reasons why you'd have a no-kill rule. Now the most common one that you'll see, and one that I think is fucking stupid, is the we don't cross that line, or we don't kill because we're the good guys. And this is one of the most boring fucking things you could do for a character, and is also a complete cop-out. Because this doesn't actually tell you anything about the character, your world, or your story. Instead, this is the no-kill rule, no rule version of solving a moral dilemma by saying, Well, I wouldn't be in that situation. Duh. Also very common is, all people deserve a second chance. Which is an actual moral position that could be interesting. Because it says a lot about your character. Like, if they believe that everyone deserves a second chance, were they given a second chance? Or were they not, and do they understand how that feels? Or do they just have a moral position that that's the truth? But here's the thing. This might fly for both older and younger audiences, or in older days of comics, but the modern era is a bit, uh... Yikes. Yikes. Uh, this is gonna be like one of those like historical moments where people are gonna look back and be like wow there were a lot of shit people um and I mean we're confronted almost daily with people that absolutely do not deserve a second chance and should probably die but you know if you personally think that that means killing them putting them in prison or shipping them to an island in the middle of the ocean that's entirely up to you but Ultimately, everyone from neo-Nazis to child predators, the guys that say femboys are ugly, don't deserve a second chance. Especially that last one. If you hand me the gun, I'll do it myself. (laughs) That was a joke, I hope. That was obvious. (laughs) Uh, So, also, having a hero say, well, everyone deserves... To try to become better and not butcher a woman and feed her to his children, he's also beating the shit out of. Seems disingenuous and also like some real pussy shit. Or, you know, like it's not actually solving the real problem. Like, sure, you've punched him in the face probably less times than he deserves. But you didn't solve the problem. You've probably made it worse. But also, if you can't tell, I'm not a big fan of this one surprise surprise mister we should kill all clan members doesn't like the one where uh, people deserve a second chance but with that let's get into the actual character specific moral reasons and I say character specific because each one is going to be determined determinant on both your story and who your character is as a person so for example if the justice system is corrupt and rich criminals aren't getting punished well the street level criminals are getting overly punished then you know obviously this character doesn't kill because when they involve themselves in street level crime they're trying to stop bad things from happening but they don't want to hurt people too bad and also don't want someone punished illegally for being desperate and are meanwhile trying to uproot the entire system and rebuild it with more trustworthy people meaning they can't kill because they need those good people to trust them and yes this is batman And speaking of which, characters with moral reasons like this don't just have it in their, like, superhero persona. Usually, at least. I mean, the idea is that they want to fix things, and so they use the superhero persona to directly intervene while their their civilian persona works towards kind of like the long-term goals of rebuilding everything. You know, so like some of them, like Daredevil or Matt Murdock, Are actively part of the legal system. Others like Spider Man, aka Peter Parker, or Superman, aka Clark Kent, are investigative journalists who are like really fucking good at their job. And it's literally because like you can't you can't intimidate these people um at all. Like if 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 uh, Clark Kent is investigating like the mob, you can't fucking threaten to kill Clark Kent because it's it's Superman. (laughs) He's not going to care. You know, or a different example of Bruce Wayne and Batman, who's rich. And also, somehow, a disciplined, well-intentioned person that is not only traumatized, but is a massive philanthropist. So you've taken, like... Sorry, it's just, like, it's so fucking crazy to me that, like, you take someone who's rich and terribly traumatized with a violent streak who is a disciplined, well-intentioned human being, and you combine those together, and somehow it's a character that people actually enjoy. Uh, they sh- they, they somehow thread that needle, and it's fucking amazing. Um, also, fun fact, Batman has been shown to give thugs that he kicks the shit out of the job at Wayne Industries so they don't feel like they have to commit crimes to survive. Which is really nice, and also something that I wish, like, uh, the movies uh, focused on a bit more. But anyways, the other in-story option is that they view killing as opening the door for either themselves or copycats. And what exactly does that mean? Well, basically, they worry that by going as far as to kill their enemies, that they'll start to either like it, or like when we slip in discipline and give ourselves an easy out, they'll start pressing the easy button whenever things get a little tricky. Or again, like Batman, who, trust me, is going to come up a lot in this episode, by the way, they have a deep and endless pit of orphan rage deep inside them that if they let go and do a stabbing, they're worried that they will bust out in a massive fucking bloodbath. Which, you know, given that DC did a storyline called Bat Metal, where evil Batman killed their entire rogues and friends gallery, and then ended the world seems like a legitimate concern for Batman to have. Alternatively, their worry is that the people who look up to them and are inspired by them to stand up against crime and corruption will see them kill someone as their permission to kill. And this can be in, like, an apprentice watches their master do a murder and fiercely takes notes kind of way, a a general thumbs up to doing a couple shankins, or someone who's just fucking bonkers and thinks that superheroes are the only moral authority and will do whatever they do. And these are only some of the broad and general reasons for ex- for existing. And you can go nuts to the butts coming up with reasons as much as you want. But before I tell you how to do that, let's talk about the history. Oh. Alright, so we begin in 1930 with the introduction of The Shadow, who essentially creates the entire pulp hero genre. And The Shadow was originally a radio drama character who is a hard-boiled detective. But did he have a no-kill rule? No, absolutely not. He not only packed heat, but routinely used a Tommy gun and domed motherfuckers. And why? Well, because of the whole. Well, because at the time, the whole noir thing was actually pretty accurate. Because it was a dangerous time to be a detective, so you had to stay strapped. Six years later, the Phantom was introduced, who is similar, but is kind of dressed like a superhero with, like, the purple skin tight suit. And why exactly did I bring these two yahoos up? Well, because in 1939, arguably, the first superhero comes about. Batman and Batman was heavily based off of them, which meant that, yes, the OG Batman packed heat and shot motherfuckers dead. Oh, also, one time he hung a dude from his Batplane, and another time shot someone in the face while they were sleeping. I mean, not great, but, I mean, it lined up how comics were at that point. Also, like how Superman, released in 1938, who's inarguably the first superhero, uh, also just fucking murk motherfuckers. Now mind not nearly as often as Batman, but there's an example during this era of him picking men up and hucking them headfirst at brick walls and the story just says, and he never came back, which is a very nice 1930s way of saying he's now a stain on the wall. But by 1940, this kind of violence started to become a concern. The combination of just violence and death, lewd comics, which yes, include Archie and yep, That boomer comic used to have boobies. Crime, morals, stretch your foreskin, and an audience mostly made up of children starts reasonably making parents and adults concerned. Now, you might be sharpening your pitchforks as I said reasonably, but I do think that parents should be concerned in thinking about the level of violence and sex in the media their kids are engaging with. And eight years after that, Charles F. Murphy creates the Comic Code Authority as a way for the comics industry to self-regulate, much in the same way that the Hays Code affected the movie industry. And this initial code didn't really have much, since the actual specifics were still being developed, but began to influence comics immediately, forcing everything to be a lot more G-rated. But now we finally get to the No-Kill rule, with uh, Whitney Ellsworth. Uh, during his time as an editor-in-chief of DC Comics, implementing a no-kill rule for their heroes. And why'd he do this? Well, because he knew parents were going to have an issue with murderers being portrayed as the good guys. Which is really good intuition, since that is exactly what happened during the early 1950s. And this, re- and this resulted in book burnings, bans, and a number of threats to the editors. Which, huh, I mean, that sounds familiar. Hmm. Anyways, The first comic code was written in 1954, and if you'll indulge me, I'll just read out the actual rules verbatim. So, quote, Crime shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal, to promote distrust of the forces of law and justice, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. If crime is depicted, it shall be as sordid and unpleasant activity. Policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for established authority. Yikes. Criminals shall not be presented so as to be rendered glamorous or to occupy a position which creates a desire for emulation. In every instance, good shall triumph over evil and the criminal punished for his misdeeds. Boring. The scenes of excessive violence shall be prohibited. Scenes of brutal torture, excessive and unnecessary knife and gunplay, kinky, physical agony, the gory and gruesome crime, shall be eliminated. No comic magazine shall use the words horror or terror in its title. All scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory or gruesome crimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism, shall not be permitted. All lurid, unsavory, gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. Inclusion of stories dealing with evil shall be used or shall be published only where the intent is to illustrate a moral issue, and in no case shall evil be presented alluringly, nor as to injure the sensibilities of the reader. Again, boring. The scenes dealing with, or instruments associated with walking dead, torture, vampires and vampirism, ghouls, cannibalism, and werewolfism are prohibited. Profanity, obscenity, smut, vulgarity, or words or symbols... Which have acquired undesirable meanings are forbidden. Wild nudity in any form is prohibited, as as is indecent or undue exposure. Fucking bummer. Suggestive and salacious illustrations or suggestive posture is unaccept is unacceptable. Females shall be drawn realistically without exaggeration of any physical qualities. You see that one? I can kind of get on board with sometimes illicit sex relations are neither to be hinted at nor portrayed i'm i'm out again this next one uh, starts a little a little a little bad uh rape scenes as well as sexual abnormalities are unacceptable i will agree with the first half of that rule that is unacceptable uh sexual abnormalities given the time might just mean being gay uh the being, depicting being gay should be fine. Seduction and rape shall never be shown or suggested. That I can also get on board with. Uh, sex perversion or any inference to same is strictly forbidden. Nudity with... Oh, shit, that's a word of the English language I've never seen before. And it's funny because I wrote this script. Nudity with Mare trick... <sighs> What the fuck? <laughs> Meritricus purpose and salacious postures shall not be permitted in the advertising of any product. Cloth figures shall never be presented in such a way as to be offensive or contrary to good taste or morals. Uh, end quote. But yes, boring suburban square in white 1950s. But don't worry, by the time of the counterculture in the 1970s, the code was. The code was up there a lot. With 1971 including a ton of alterations just on its own. You know, like allowing criminals to be portrayed as good sometimes. The powers that be could be morally bankrupt and corrupt and often were. Suggestive themes were brought back. Drugs were brought back. You could make your definitely well-rounded female characters and suggestive poses to display all of their personality. And also, it reduced the taboo around the entire horror comic genre. Which, as you can see, made comic books fucking awesome again, right? Well, you know how murder still isn't cool? That's because by this time, a ton of heroes have been invented with reasons to not kill. And a lot of people liked it so it would be a fucking stupid idea to start to go back to the old days. Especially because those old school comics were seen as part of the Americana in the 1950s that the counterculture was rebelling against. In the 1970s, a big audience were these counterculture kids, also called the CCC, Uh, meaning again, it'd be dumb to go back on the whole superheroes not killing thing. At least until 1974, when the, publi- when, when the publisher was introduced. Oh shit, it's the publisher. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Uh, when the Punisher was introduced. However, he doesn't actually receive much popularity until the 80s and 90s. Which, Speaking of which, as the code begins to lose its power into the 1980s, it becomes looser and looser than your waifu in an NTR hentai. Comics start to get edgier. You know, like, you after getting cocked and realizing that you not only like it, but are not willing to admit it because your masculinity is fragile, so you call yourself a Sigma male on Twitter. But this creates an era of edge-lord superheroes, with people like Punisher becoming popular, and also, like, people, uh, well, not people, like Wade Wilson being created, um, who eventually became comedic, but at first was played straight, um, and also stories like Watchmen being created, which is actually good, um, But the last stop in our timeline is actually all the way up to 2001 when the CCA has its first nail in the coffin put in by Marvel as Marvel stopped sending its comics in for approval because you didn't have to necessarily send it in, but it would affect your sales. Uh, But Marvel had gotten so big that they didn't need to anymore. And by the end of the decade, it's gone. I mostly... There's still technically a comics code authority, but like they're mostly dead. But the no kill rule remains, you know, since writers, editors, and audiences have come to realize its uselessness and also its place in superhero fiction. But with that, let's go over to the current status. Oh. Oh boy, oh boy, oh fuck me. So the current status of the no kill rule isn't focused on its existence, because most superheroes adhere to it. Instead, we're going to talk about the meta-debate it's embroiled in. But, I mean, before we really talk about the sides of the debate, I want you to understand something. Both sides are incredibly unaccommodating, and see the other side as unreasonable, stupid bitch-boys that can't tell the difference between an electrical socket and a nice, thick bowl of chicken alfredo. Fuck me, that sounds good right now. Both sides will portray the other side using only the worst possible examples and will use their absolute best examples while making it seem like their side is the only reasonable option. Like the pro-kill side will use the example of like the worst possible version of the Joker who's already the worst aspects of every serial killer combined in one meat puppet as a reason why villains should be killed while saying that like heroes like Wonder Woman and Hawkman are really the only kinds of heroes to kill people. You know, people with, like, honor codes who treat their opponents like warriors. Or the anti-kill side, using the example of the Punisher, which is every conservative, this ethnicity fuck my daughter, is with 100 feet of my wife when she died, so now it's their problem. Revenge fantasy put into one dude, while also having heroes like Superman as the example of how every superhero should act. These are both so fucking dumb. So before you attribute yourself to one side or another, remember that I just called you fucking stupid for that. Okay, so first, the edgelords. A.k.a. the people that say the no-kill rule is ridiculous and stupid. That largely it's better to kill your villains or at the very least not care nearly as much about death and dying in our stories. Now, well, yes, it's easy to call them edgelords, I mean, it's such low-hanging fruit even I went for it, but what's really at the heart of this argument Well, see, the argument is that if you kill a villain, you reduce the danger in the world and also ensure that they can't hurt people anymore. And that also, you know, sometimes people do something entirely unforgivable that can only deserve death. Like, school shooters. There's no reforming that. That's just a a ruined person. They need to die. Alternatively, they're too dangerous to keep alive because of the possible threat that they pose. Yeah, like Nazis and fascists kind of just said Nazis twice but they spread like a bad case of syphilis and we get too many fascists suddenly you're dealing with a genocide also in war and law enforcement we kill people I'm sorry if that's you know ruining something for you but we do we kill people and at times it's even justifiable but why is it justifiable in those circumstances Well, because sometimes it's not feasible or reasonable to subdue a person, especially when they're trying to kill you and won't take no for an answer. So in those scenarios, you sometimes have to kill them. So does this side have a legit argument besides the edgy, well, what if they killed 500 single mothers in front of their kids and then threw acid in their eyes? Would you kill them then? The answer is yes. Yes, you kill that person, but also yes, they do have a legitimate argument. Anyways, what is the bad side of this? I mean, firstly, it's extremely reductionary. It also calls the concept of mercy and morality stupid. Between, hey fuck out, that's a really bad idea. Mercy and morality aren't bad things and it's dangerous to even imply otherwise. Because this argument fails to understand that not everybody wants to kill, even if it's entirely justified to do so. Which brings us to the Bleeding Hearts, who say that heroes should never kill. That the point of the genre is that superheroes can do what normal people can't, including not killing your villains, being merciful even when mercy is an obscene thought to even consider, and being capable of saving everyone. To them, yes, villains deserve to face justice, but that is not what superheroes do. They get the villains subdued and to the people who decide what their punishment should be. Since superheroes, again, almost definitionally, are able to address dangerous situations without needing to resort to killing. But again, reductionary. Because yeah, that's all fine and good, but hey, you know, some evil people should just be killed. Like, straight up, some people don't deserve to be alive anymore. And the superhero might be the only person who's able to do so. And again, things are more complicated than that. Sometimes we go to war or use the death penalty, because if you don't, worse shit might happen. And while we'd rather not, sometimes you can't reason with someone because they are truly evil. But yes, as of right now, these two sides are locked in combat like two sweaty nerds at a poorly moderated convention center, arguing over whose waifu would beat the other one's waifu. And much like that fight, when you check in on it, you're entertained, sad, and weirdly a little horny. But, I mean, that might be because you look at their waifus and realize the exact kind of woman you're into by accident. But anyways, that's where we're at in the modern day, so let's talk about why you should even know all of this in the first place. Okay, so you might think that this is an episode where it doesn't super matter. But you'd be wrong. Dumbass. It actually has some pretty significant things to think about. So, firstly, let's... So firstly, this lets you make educated choices in your writing about if your characters do or don't kill people. Which is important in not just superhero media, but all kinds of media. Because you really should be thinking about why your characters are killing, especially if you make them as the good guys. Like in fantasy books, it's hard to call them the good guys when they mercilessly kill a group of bandits, especially if they stab one in the fucking face as they beg for their life. So think about how your application of violence represents your characters and what it says about them. Are there people they will never kill? People they will always kill? Or are they an absolute no killer? All of this will improve your writing and make your characters seem more like real people instead of murder hobos or superhero paragons. Secondly, it also says a lot about both you and the time period you live in, because think about the history. During times where people feel faith in the powers that be, like the 1940s and 50s, they prefer to hear, read, and write stories about heroes that are paragons with a strict moral code. While in the modern days or the 30s or the 70s, killers are really popular. Because a lot of people don't feel a lot of faith in the powers that be and want a hero that will look out for us rather than follow the laws. Especially because a lot of the times the lawmen are in the pocket of the bad guy. Also, if you don't demonstrate that killing or not killing is the perspective of your character, then people will assume that they're your morals. So if you have a character that kills every criminal, but you never explain why that's their perspective, people very well might assume that you think every criminal deserves death, which is uncategorically true. Now the last big reason why you want to think about this is because it'll heavily influence your style and your potential plots. I mean, this one is easy, because if there's a lot of character deaths in your story, you can't really spare a character just because, or let them make a mistake that should kill them and then make them, you know, not be dead. Or if in a story with very little to no death, you can't just suddenly have a character, when the super fight begins, just pull out a fucking gun and blast people's brains all the goddamn walls like mom spaghetti. Like, holy fuck, that does not match the tone at all. But, yeah. Under the applications, which is... (laughs) Applications are going to be short. Okay, so how do you use this rule? Well, in general, you should write the no-kill rule in a way that your audience wouldn't notice unless the point is that it's out of place. Like in a superhero story, your audience probably shouldn't even question why the hero isn't killing yet. While in a fantasy story, it might make complete sense to explain and talk about why they're out of place. But in general, your superhero shouldn't be in the gut-wrenching choice between stabbing an innocent toddler to death with a rusty spoon or letting 35 billion innocent adult humans die because a villain set up some weird scheme just so you can prove how good or bad of a person your character is or how stupid the rule is. Because one, that's silly. And two, your audience will never be happy with the result of this stupid fucking choice that you've put in front of them, so instead just don't, and trust they understand the kind of comic they're reading. Also, you should keep in mind that this rule, since you don't need to have it for code reasons anymore, is, poor, is purely a moral choice for your hero. Meaning that they've chosen to follow this rule, and not that they've chosen to follow a particular set of laws that they aren't otherwise following. I mean, one, they're already a criminal vigilanteism is a crime, kids. Especially when using a deadly weapon like laser eyes. You see, instead, they're making a moral judgment and following a set of moral principles. But why am I specifying this? Well, because no one who has a dedicated set of morals and has dedicated their lives to living them are going to try to wriggle out of it on a technicality. They know what they meant, so they follow through with what they meant. If you do otherwise, this entire thing falls apart and is not only ineffective, but also but is also immediately something that your audience will get pissy about, which you don't want. Which also means it can't be a superficial no kill policy. Because it under because it undermines the point of I don't kill people, but then have them surgically remove a few of a few of the nerves in a random criminal snack to paralyze them from the net. From the neck down and force them to be attached to a machine. To have a heartbeat for the rest of their life. It also also undermines the point that they say. I can't kill you. But I don't have to help you. Because. Assumedly. The reason why they made the rule is probably because they want to help people. So yeah. Don't do this rule if you really don't want to. And if you want to. Actually fucking do it instead of half-assing it. And pretending like you're doing the thing. Alright, on to the soapbox. So after that, what do I think of the no-kill rule? Well, if you had asked me around maybe 2019 or 2018, I would have said it was dumb. Because sometimes you need to shoot a motherfucker right in the face. But now that I'm older and understand both how the world works and also don't want to be an edgelord anymore my opinion has changed a lot I think it's great and it's something that when it appears in comics should just be accepted like any other character trait I mean whether you see that as a flaw or virtue is up to you I also think that the no kill rule has a great place in comics it makes superheroes what they are I mean otherwise without the no kill rule what exactly would be the superhero genre basically just be contemporary sci-fi except weird spandex costumes and heroes like Superman, Batman, and their cohorts are inspirations, both in the universe and in the real world. And a big part of that is their mercifulness. Like, sure, Superman could kill anyone, but he doesn't want to. The idea of killing is disgusting to him, and it's an inappropriate response. There's also been, like, I think like even Golden Age comics where he's opposed to the death penalty. Meanwhile, Batman, while scary and also having a deep well of orphan rage, He's trying to keep in check. He doesn't kill people because he understands why people go to crime and also go crazy. He knows Gotham just does that to you. He also knows trauma will do that to you. And he's self-aware enough to know he's crazy too. So he's sympathetic to his villains and doesn't want to kill anyone. Because he wants them to get help and have a better life. Which is also why like, he intervenes in what his villains are doing instead of letting the cops deal with it. Because I mean, one, the cops are ineffective. Also, they were more effective, they'd probably just fucking dome the Joker. But Batman doesn't want that. He wants to fix him. Like, he wants him to get help. But, I mean, to tell this episode, I didn't even really think about the meta reasons. I mean, like, why would you kill perfectly good characters off? Why would you alienate the market of children to get into your comics? Why would you choose to make a character a killer when it sells better not to? It also makes sense because as an author or creator, you want to make characters that demonstrate in some way how you feel. if you feel like the world needs a little mercy, and at least one person that doesn't think that we should just kill people we don't like, you know, someone stronger and faster and better than all of us to look out for the little guy and stand up to bullies without getting their hands bloody, then goddamn right you'd make Superman. Okay, another episode done. Been a while since I even like started touching on getting sappy. Honestly, I actually teared up a little bit at the end there. Uh that's how long it's been. But anyways, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast feed, like it, leave a review, whatever else it is you can do on your platform of choice. Send me emails at waytappods at gmail.com with questions, concerns, opinions, compliments, insults, I'm actually why you think you'd be the punisher and beat up all your bullies how bad you want Wonder Woman to stab you, and anything else you want to tell me. Also follow me on Twitter at WayTat underscore pods, and remember to check out my other podcast, Waitat, where I talk about other topics that are usually a bit more existentially terrifying. Um, oh man, it, it's fucking scary over there. Alright, have a good night. Have fun. Keep writing. And remember, Batman doesn't kill people. Bat guns kill people. This has been Why Are You Talking About This Nerd, and I've been your host, William. Good night.